Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 1, it says this. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, so clearly in the chapter before, he gave a, a sermon or a talk. And when he had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, as you know, Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. That's a crazy thing to tell your friends. They left everything to follow you, and then you tell them, I'm going to die. Can you imagine their feelings at this point? Everybody loves the glory. Nobody loves the process before the glory. See, he promises to make all things good, all things new, all things work together for. But inside of those all things are some bad things. And that's the God that we serve today. He turns to his friends. He turns to men who left everything they had to follow him. He turned to men who said, one time he said, uh, uh, these other folks left me. You're going to leave. They said, where do we go? For in you are the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? We gave up everything to follow you. They left their boats. They washed their nets. They left tax collecting. They left everything they had to follow him. And then he turns and says, as you know, you signed up for this and I am going to not just die I am going to die the ultimate gruesome death of all times then the chief priests and elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest whoa the high priest lived in a a palace where did the high priest live lived in a palace whose name was Caiaphas but not during the festival they said or there may be a riot among the people and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him he just told them I must be crucified and they're scheming to kill him they think they're scheming to kill him they don't know they're working for him Sometimes the scheme is actually a part of the plan. Come on, somebody. And so they said, we're going to arrest him secretly and kill him. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, and you know you can't go to a leper's home unless he's been cleansed, so this is clearly somebody Jesus healed. He was in the home of Simon the leper, a woman. Where y'all at, ladies? That was horrible, ladies. Where y'all at, ladies? Yeah, I'm just going to stop. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was, rec Jesus reclined at times. 
Come on, somebody. At times, you got to recline. That's a word for somebody today. Take a Tell your neighbor, take a break. But if you're next to a neighbor who's always tell it, taking a break, tell them, not you. Go to work. <laughs> Amen. Jesus was reclining at the table. The master chilled. And while chilling, a lady comes in with a jar of alabaster perfume, and she begins to, she breaks it, and she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Look at the question. Why this waste? They asked. Now, Matthew tells you the disciples were indignant, but there's a ringleader in the indignance. And he has a name. His name is Judas. In John 12, he was the one who spoke up because they said, why the waste? They didn't all, 12 of them said it together. Let's go on three. One, two, three. Why the waste? They didn't do that. One of them spoke. John tells you who did. It was Judas. And John gives you in chapter 12, verse 4 over there, uh, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who betrayed him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Why the waste? Now, you know, sometimes when you're jealous, you cover up your jealousy with righteousness. Come on, somebody. Y'all ready for war today? Come on, somebody. And he covered it up nicely. He said, why the waste? And really, look at what John says about him. John says, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box. Why would Jesus put the thief in charge of the money? Number one, you must not need money. Because I need money, and I ain't putting no thief in charge of my bank account. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, I'm not putting an honest person in charge. Of, I'm not giving nobody my PIN number. He gave a thief. Keep the money. Sometimes God will give you the thing that you struggle with. Oh. Spirit, lead me with. You sure? He, he, the Bible says he was a thief. He didn't care. He used to take what, <laughs> what was put in it. How you steal from Jesus, man? I could tell you how you steal from Jesus. <laughs> Shall a man rob God? Ah, uh, yeah, he can when he don't honor God. But Jesus said, "Let her alone." Let's jump back to Matthew. I I, I want to go back there. He he, he said, uh, uh, 
Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? Come on, ladies, you got a God who will fight for you. He said, why are you bothering this woman? Hallelujah. All the wives, don't you wish Jesus would say that to your husband? <laughs> are you bothering this woman? Sister Sherry said that amen secretly in her heart. She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. That's a whole sermon. That's a whole sermon. You will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Then one of the twelve. The one called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me? <laughs> what are you willing to give me to give him up? Do you all see this? What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out 30 pieces of silver. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. The title of my message today is, What's Your Price? Everybody got a price come on somebody ask your neighbor what's your price <laughs> hallelujah let's pray God I thank you for your word and I just pray that you would move in this house like only you can break strongholds and allow father whatever you would want me to say to be delivered in power Delivered under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we would leave here transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How do people who walked with God in a garden end up out of his presence? How does a man who killed a bear and a lion with his own hands... And killed a giant on behalf of his nation and his God. Who never went against the king because he said, I will never touch the anointing of God. End up sleeping with another man's wife. And then when he got found out, he killed the man to cover up his folly. How do you go from giant slaying to adultery and murderer? 
How does a man who took an oath from when he was uh, given, from the time he was born, he was given a, a special vow over his life and grew up and had strength and was doing damage to the enemy's camp, then falls for a woman and gives her all his secret and then moves from being the strongest man to being humiliated like an animal in front of the nation he once caused terror to for God. Ladies and gentlemen, these things is my first point. Things just don't happen overnight. Tell your neighbor it didn't happen overnight. Oh, yeah, it didn't happen overnight. Things just don't happen overnight. Let me tell you something. Uh, 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 people, uh, students don't graduate by accident. You didn't accidentally Roll up into a building and graduate. Oh, a diploma with my name on it. You don't accidentally get a diploma. You don't accidentally become a billionaire. I wish. You don't accidentally build a skyscraper. You don't accidentally build bridges and do great things. And these positive things don't happen overnight. I want you to know what's true for the positive things is true for the negative things. People just don't end up in the situation they are in overnight. Oftentimes we end up where we are because of this word, decisions. Come on, somebody. When you make a decision to do something, you are deciding a future for yourself. So all the singles lady, be, care, be careful who you decide to date. That man going to be the father of your children one day. You sure? But he got nice jeans. And he dressed nice. Buy the clothes, get rid of the guy. <laughs> Save yourself a lot of trouble. Amen. Somebody said, that's good advice. <laughs> See a bunch of people in church city come in with clothes next to themselves. What's that, my date? <laughs> Decisions that you make is going to get you where you are tomorrow. And decisions come from the heart. You got to train yourself to make good decisions. In all your training in the world, stop and train your look at I look at myself all the time and say, why are you I'm like, see this way should I get it from? Why are you so stupid? I write myself the letters. Because I should know better and I don't do better. Come on, somebody. Thank you. I decided to preach good. It's a good decision. <laughs> your decisions come from your heart. Look at what the book of Proverbs 27, 19 says. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Oh, my gosh. I'm going home after that one. The Lord hit me with that. In other words, the Bible's saying this. When you look in a, in, 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 in a reflection in water or a mirror, it shows you who you are. When you look at a life, a life is a reflection of a heart. Woo! 
Ooh. So that's why God could be judged. God don't want to hear who did what and who did what. He'll just say, let me look at your life and I can tell you your heart. Come on, somebody. Look at what Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says. Above all else, above all else, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. That's why I'm so aggressive when I tell you be careful what you let in the gates. You have gates. You have eye gates. You have ear gates. And if you're not careful in what you let in the gates, hallelujah, you're going to destroy your heart. And from it, your life will be ruined. Come on, somebody. People don't end up where they end up overnight. If you don't like what you're doing, you got to check if your heart likes it. An old preacher once told me this one time. He said, son, you want to change what you're doing? I said, yeah. He said, change what you love. Because the problem is not what you're doing. The problem is your heart likes it. If your heart stops liking it, the behavior will change. This is why this is easy for me to see. This is this is light work up here. This is easy for me to see. It's easy for me to look at my generation and see them saying that we care about our generation and, and nobody's ever gonna disrespect this. Well, okay, let's start with cleaning up hip hop. And they'll say, no, 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 no. That's just entertainment. Really? You love it. And when you love something, you, part, you excuse what you love and judge what you hate. And that's why some of us will excuse ourselves and judge everybody else. Because you like you. But you can see the same thing that you do in somebody else. And you ain't going to say, you're going you gonna to look at them. I do it all the time. I look at people, I'm like, look at them. And then I'm driving and Sister Sherry says, look at you. <laughs> what do you mean? You're doing the same thing. You just said, look at them for. And then I wait patiently like Judas. <laughs> and as soon as she does something, I said, ha ha. Look at you. The heart got to change. If you, here's my second point, right? If you want to change what you do, change what you love. Well, I want to work harder. Stop loving lazy. Stop loving sleep. Stop loving chilly chill. Stop loving to hang out. But these my peoples. You don't want to succeed. Stop love. Stop love gossiping. And God can help you break it. Jesus comes, and I'm going to try to fast forward and move this along. Amen. Sister Sherry is preaching. Y'all be home sleeping by now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Judas, in a lot of ways, is like Jonah. And I'm going to show you all how. But before we get to Judas, the Bible says that Jesus is coming on the scene and he turns to his disciples and says, I must go be killed. 
Caiaphas, the high priest, is plotting to kill him. Jesus puts himself in a situation, and you're saying to him, sometimes you just want to say, Jesus, like Peter, I get Peter. Peter said, bro, you're not going to die. Why would you, why are you, are you oblivious to what's coming? And sometimes it seems like Jesus is walking, at least in my life, it seems like, it's like Jesus is like, we're, we're going to get to the other side, and he's marching you to a cliff. You know, you, now, wherever you lead, I'm a follow, but <laughs> hello. Your walk with the Lord ever felt like that? The Lord says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to keep you in the, your body. Start failing. you getting sickness from there. You're like, wait, God, wait a minute. How are you keeping? But let me tell you this. Sometimes it seems that Jesus is oblivious to the circumstance. He's not oblivious to the circumstance. He's just not limited to the circumstance. You are, but not him. So even though he knows these men are going to kill him, he knows this circumstance in the natural realm, y'all think this is crazy, but I know something else you don't know. He's never oblivious to the circumstance. And Caiaphas, who is a high priest, reminds me of many of us. He's a practitioner, but not a believer. He practices religion, but he has no connection with God. Neither does he want to because he failed to recognize. And let me tell you something. When you fail to recognize things and people in your life, recognition affects the way you respond to something. If you don't know why God has something in your life, you might respond the wrong way. Y'all hear what I'm saying in this place, right? Where there is no recognition, there's no appreciation. Kids don't realize how important their parents are until they get older, and they got to do it. Oh, come on. Y'all going to, I'm, I'm going to help y'all parents. Y'all know what it is when you got kids and they walk and take the cereal, pour the milk out, leave the milk out. Next day you come back, they didn't put it back in the fridge and the milk spoiled. And you like, who spoiled the milk? Like, my bad, dad. I can't wait for them to get married. I can't wait for them to get their own house because I know they're going to get a kid just like them because I was a kid just like them. And that kid going to walk and leave all their stuff out and they're going to be like, that's money. And that's what I've been trying to tell them for so long. They're going to walk around the house and do the same things I do to save money. Because... You don't recognize something, you don't appreciate it until you finally recognize it. And when they get their own home, they recognize what mom and dad did. And then all of a sudden, they call you back one day and they say, Dad, what's up, Shy? I want to apologize for when I was 11, for real this time. Why, Shy? I understand who you were in my life. When you don't recognize something, you will abuse it. You, you might confuse it for something that it's not supposed. Sometimes God put people in your life and you make those people your competition when they were supposed to be your guidance. But you're so prideful to say, man, this person been where I, I've been. Instead of you going to humble yourself and be like, teach me, grasshopper. Instead of you doing that, you like, I'm going to show them I could be better. And that's what social media has done to all of us. We've made every friend we had a competition. 
overfills and the stupid little money Instagram give you for real. Selling your soul to Zuckerberg. I said that all. Hey, Facebook, if y'all want to help me get this building, though, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What's your price? No, that's what we do. When you don't, and he, this man, he saw Jesus as a threat and want to kill Jesus. Instead of seeing Jesus as everything you've ever studied. Let me tell you this. No matter what you do in life, it doesn't guarantee that some people will ever give you the recognition. I'm trying to free somebody right now. I know there are things in your life that you just want somebody that is close to you to just give you an applause one time. I have realized that it may never, ever, ever come. But I have to make a decision. That I cannot let that lack of recognition stop what God wants to do. Come on, who am I talking to in this house? I'm trying to tell you, you might never get an applause from a family member. You might never get an applause from your church. You might never get an applause from the people that you pour into. You might never get the, the accolades from anybody. I mean, I'm so great at music. The Grammy should have been asked me for the privilege to perform there. They might never realize it. <laughs> what? Y'all don't recognize? They may never recognize you. And here's what you don't understand. It's not that they don't. Because Jesus is raising the dead. And Caiaphas still ain't giving him his due. You raise the dead in front of me? I'm going to have a hard time with everything I've ever known. And I'm not talking about them YouTube dead that be raised across the world. That y'all be tripping over and then y'all don't even see the other video that came out and showed you that's fake. Oh, I messed y'all up because y'all love, love that weird stuff. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> what is going on, right? It, it's all up here. Y'all don't have no idea. It's like it's all here. But let me tell you something. If you, Jesus raised the dead in front of people, and Caiaphas still didn't give him his recognition. Let me tell you something. You could do whatever uh, uh, miracles and doing good for people. It's not going to guarantee that they're going to finally applaud you. Sometimes you just got to say, it is what it is. And keep moving. Amen, somebody. Amen. Then the Bible switches the story. He says, Jesus is at this banquet. And a woman walks in with an alabaster box. And in this box is enough money that is a year's worth of salary. One year paycheck. Come on, somebody. In a box. That's like when I see some dudes in a car, and I'm like, sometimes I turn to Sherry. Say, Sherry don't know much about cars. I'd be like, you know what kind of car is that? She said, no. I said, that car can buy my house that they're sitting in right there. And he's driving my house around and on Jamaica Avenue. <laughs> I feel some type of way that you can take 
Come on, somebody. Come, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Sometimes you see these young kids with these sneakers and stuff. You don't even look like space shoes nowadays. $1,000 shoes and clothes and jackets and all of that stuff. It's like I feel some type of way. This woman, so I, I could imagine when she walked in with the perfume and everybody recognized the box. Because you know when it's that expensive that people who are in slavery to Rome practically in need of money. And when money walk into the room, everybody know. Come on, somebody. Nowadays in America, we disguise money. Money wear t-shirts and sneakers now. And they be like, I don't want you to know. She walks in with it. The room is silent. What is she going to do? Judas is thinking, please give it to the treasury. Because I'm going to give it to the poor. Come on, somebody. Please give it to the treasury. And she just breaks it open. Because compared to who she's given it to, it's worthless. She cracks it open and pours it. The Bible says she poured it on his head, but Jesus said she poured it on my body. It just begun to flow. And as she's pouring it, Judas is over there. No. And she changes the room by her worship. Let me tell you something. Here's my next point. Worship changes the room. Yeah, we like that. We like that. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you come into a room, there's no recognition of who Jesus is, and you begin to praise and worship. It changes the whole room. But not only does worship change the room, worship exposes the room. Because not everybody jumped up and lift holy hands and said, yes, anoint him. He just told us he's going to die. We believe you. No, there were people in the room, big mad. And he said these words, this is a waste. He called her worship waste. Who am I talking, y'all? I'm telling I don't got, Lord God, you got to give me another church. All these people that just be looking at you like you TV. Come on. I came to talk to some worshipers in this house. I came to talk to people who know how to worship. Not no fake worship. Not no, not no music worship. Going through worship. Worship when you feeling like you're going to lose your mind. Worship when you go to God and say, God, what's going on in my life? Where you at? Worship. Come on, come on. She begun to expose the room and Judas says, this is a waste. You know how many people look at what we do and call what we do a waste? People who don't understand who Jesus is will always say what church folks do is a waste. Oh, Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying in this house. Listen to me. If you think what you give to Jesus costs you more 
then you don't know the value of Jesus. I remember one time when we did the first Kingdom Choice Awards. And he asked me, it was the second one, he asked me to be the host. Somebody called me up and said, hey man, I want to design all your outfits when you host. I said, oh snap. You mean like, like what we see on TV? Like every time I come out, you're going to give me a different outfit? He said, yeah. He said, I'm a designer. I do all this stuff. And he named all these names. And when I met him, he kept saying to me, like it's a downgrade to size me up. Because I used to do all this for, and he named all the icons of the world. All the, I, I mean icons of the world. He said, I used to style this I was feeling some type of way. I said, man, you're doing this for a show called The Kingdom. If you keep thinking that you gave up something, and Christianity is a big L for you at this point, but you're struggling through, you don't even understand what salvation is yet. Because you didn't lose anything when you came to Jesus. You gained everything when you came. But I don't got houses and cars. Houses and cars come by working. You can get that. But there are things that come with Jesus. Yeah, let me start here. Like peace of mind. He's a peace that passes all understanding. Like joy. Hallelujah. Uh, like, like, like. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this house. You, you know, you know, but, but, but I got to be honest because sometimes even though I'm connected to the Prince of Peace, it ain't always peaceful up here. But I'm still giving blessed assurance that you don't even got to feel the peace. I promise you at the end of this, there's going to be peace. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this house. And Judas called giving Jesus everything a waste. You see, and I got two more points and I'm gone. It's not proximity, it's direction. What do you mean by that, pastor? It is not proximity, it is direction. It is not proximity, it's direction. Proximity is how close or how far I'm from something. And I can be close to something but headed in another direction. And something else can be much further but headed towards it. Who is closer? And Judas' proximity... All his life, all of Jesus' ministry life was right with Jesus, but never close to Jesus. And there are people in this world who think just because they come to church, they close to Jesus. Some people think because they got a Bible open in their living room, they close to Jesus. But when you look at their direction... And you look at where their feet go, and you look at what their mouth say, they are nowhere near Jesus. There could be a man close to the cross, headed away, and a man far away from the cross, full of sin, looking towards it. Who you think is getting saved? It is not proximity. 
It is direction. And I say a statement that people say, wow, that is a weak statement, but still profound. You will go in the direction you are headed. Yeah. You ain't going to go in no other direction other than the one you're headed deep, right? Selfishness is not living as one wishes to live. It's asking everybody else to live as one wishes to live. What do you mean? Judas don't care nothing about no poor. But he going to ask them to care about the poor. Why don't you live first what you ask everybody else? Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. Amen. You go home and you're like, the church has changed. I remember the days when we used to worship. Do you? <clears throat> and I'm done, y'all. The Bible says that Judas was so tight. The next verse says he went and met with the leaders. Hey, Caiaphas. It's good, boy. It's good, priesty priest. It's good. Judas, what us thou here for? Because you know they spoke like that. Hey, Caiaphas, man. word around that you trying to kill Jesus bro bring Judas come Judas what is it that you want to talk to me about Judas hey listen man What would you give me if I sold him out? <laughs> what can the culture give you to sell him out? More pay on that job? Then you won't talk about him no more? Opportunities. Because we could look at Judas and be like, he's so bad. Some of y'all sold him out for a job. You ain't even consult with God whether you should take it. You just heard money and you said, they told you you ain't never going to be able to go to church again. You never, and you're dying. Your relationship with God is done. I'm not telling you to quit your job, but I am telling you that if you're careful to judge Judas, you're going to miss yourself. I know people not here, not on planet Earth. Me and Elon Musk went to another planet and I saw people over there. And they come to church Sunday and they turned and by Wednesday... They end up someplace else. A boyfriend. 
a girlfriend. Somebody who's just cute. You sold Jesus out for. You gave Jesus up because you were so desperate. I don't want to be alone. And now you with somebody. It amazes me how many people be in relationships and claim the person loved them and say, and I say, well, tell them come to church. And they can't get the person who loves them to come for two hours to church. No, they like what you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this too rough. What would you sell Jesus out for? Uh, because let me tell you something. There's people that are in Christianity for years and years. It's not proximity. And eventually they do this. Because disappointments came. And things didn't go. And it didn't. And I could imagine Judas saying, this ain't going how I planned. I signed on for a king. Not for somebody to die. What's up with you? All these years I gave up money to run with you. I'm stealing from you. You don't even know that. I'm trying to do my thing for you. And I'm, and you know what? I'm going to count my losses. Serving Jesus for all these years didn't pay off. So now I'm going to do me. Caiaphas. What you got, bro? Because he don't got nothing for me other than persecution and death. You ever felt like that? God, where are you? I'm serving you. Why is my life like this? Why is my family member sick? Why is the marriage like this? It seems like you don't really got nothing for me. Who else got something out here better than what they can offer? And he sold Jesus out. Ah, ah, ah. I know y'all ready to go home, but let me do this. I ain't preaching three weeks. Ah, hallelujah. Ah, this is my therapy. Hallelujah. He said, Caiaphas, what you got? And Caiaphas says, I got. 30 pieces of silver. Hmm. That is an exact number. There's no negotiating. Because I'm going to try to, this is Jesus. If I'm going to sell Jesus out and I'm going to go to hell, I've got to enjoy earth. Because <laughs> this... <laughs> Come on, if you're going to be a sinner, be a logical sinner. <laughs> you know, it's like when people who leave the church and say there's no God, but spend the rest of their life arguing with the God that there's no God. Yeah. It's like, well, if you're going to leave God, then, bro, would you worry about him? Yeah. They don't make no sense. People always leave in the church to spend the rest of their life talking about the church. You bugged. <laughs> Looking straight at the camera if you catch a clip of this later. I was making a point. <laughs> Dirty. God bless you. Rich, you ain't even helped me, bro. His shirt just say Christ alone. He's like, depend on the Lord, bro. You on your own up there. Let me tell you something. That's an exact number. So I began to look up that number and say, where's that number elsewhere in scripture? And I found in Zechariah where it talks about the shepherds 
that this was actually a fulfillment of scripture. Zechariah 11:12 says, I told them, if you think it best, give me my pay, but if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver, and the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter. Handsome price at which they valued me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them to the potter at the house of the Lord. If you knew anything about Judas, you'd know that immediately after Jesus died, he threw it back in the temple and they picked it up and they bought the potter's field. I said, okay. And this scripture here is being sarcastic. It calls it the handsome price. Look at what they're willing to pay, the handsome price. Now, in your head, you're like, 30 pieces of silver must be a lot. No, that woman gave a year's worth. Let me show you what 30 pieces of silver is and how insulting Caiaphas was to Jesus. In the book of Exodus, in the book of Exodus, chapter 21, verse 32. As God has given rules for people to live, he says, if the bull gores a male or female slave, the owner must pay 30 shekels of silver to the master of the slave, and the bull is to be stoned to death. In other words, Caiaphas picked 30 to insult Jesus and say, you ain't even worth the price of a slave. And Judas took what is less than the price of a slave to sell Jesus out. And so when you think you leave in Jesus for something better, whatever you get in the world that you think is better than God, at the end, it ain't going to be even worth the price. So don't tell me about your accolades and awards you got because you ain't in the Lord. You're going to learn one day that there ain't nothing compared to the master. And meanwhile, all of this, Judas don't even know. God's hands is behind it. And that's the thing about God that causes me to trust him. Not that I could come to church and name it, claim it. I done lost half the people. I didn't. Not that I could come to church and speak it into existence. And say what you say and it'll happen. Because I've been there when I watched a man that I love die of a heart attack. And I watched a family and a church pray and he still died. I watch an aunt who loved Jesus, loved Jesus. One of my only aunts who ever used to come to this church and put me in the office. And she was guiding and she said, you preach so good, I'm going to give you a small piece. I said, you should talk to all your other sisters. She sold into me and I watched her get cancer and people prayed. I went and prayed and the bishops prayed and the pastors and the elders prayed. And she still died. And I could be like Judas in those moments and say, what? Why 
why I trust God is because he's not oblivious to the circumstance. He's not limited to it. And while I might not understand what's happening here, something above is happening. Oh my gosh. And Judas found that out too late. Judas went into the garden and kissed the master and then said these words. The one that I kiss sees him, arrest him, some version says. Other version says, take hold of him. If only he had taken his own advice. But he wanted to seize Jesus, to leave Jesus, not to follow him. I better not see that in his next rhyme, Evie. I heard you. What's your price? And I'm not asking you what you're willing to give up. I'm asking you what's your price? Because there's two people paying a price. One giving cost and one wanting cost. So when I ask you what's your price, I'm asking you, are you selling out or you're sacrificing? You will never know Jesus until you learn sacrifice. Every head bow, every eyes close. Hallelujah, Jesus.